1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Play!
1: Full-time play. fantasy.
0: All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, we're knee-deep in the third round of this Fantasy football draft are doing two quarterback craziness here. But uh this last pick that just went off the board, I'm not sure I like it.
3: Uh okay. Which what and three three. Has bit. Oh three, three three. Yeah, my friend actually texted me about it because he was following it and he's like, Do you like this pick?
0: Yeah, and I don't I mean, even if I like the guy, and I do, that's way too early in the third round. That is way too early coming off an injury season like that. Uh, and we're, know, talking Hunter Hunter, Henry, yeah, okay. yeah, we're talking about Hunter Henry, by the way. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Now, again, this is the um, industry expert invitational uh, by ffchamps.com. And it's unique. We talked about it yesterday with the creator, Fantasy Taz. You could check that on demand if you missed it. But basically, the format is a little bit different because you have to start two quarterbacks, three running backs, four receivers, two flex, and you have to start two tight ends. So you're going to see tight ends go early. And Hunter Henry was the fourth tight end off the board, taken with the third pick of round three. And look, I think pretty much everyone loves Hunter Henry. Uh, I know last year before his injury, I was going to target him as a tight end. And then obviously, what was the torn ACL, right? I yeah. I forgot what. Yeah. And he came back in the playoffs. Remember, he he played a little bit, not not a ton of snaps. Uh, I think there was a report yesterday or today saying he's fine, no restrictions. But yeah, it is a it, it is a little bit of a risk to take that guy. Uh, coming off the injury in round three. Could he pay it off? Absolutely. We know how good he is. But
0: but how much is he going to pay off? I mean, really, you see him getting 80 receptions? Even if you like him, and I like Hunter Henry. I do. You see him getting 80 receptions?
3: Uh, Is it possible?
0: Yeah. How about 60 60 to 65? Is he going to get 1,000 yards receiving? Is he going to get 10 touchdowns? When you've got Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Mike, uh, Williams. Mike Williams, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I think that that's just one of those picks that you take because you're panicked about the position, and I, I never want to be panicked because I just figure I'll find a guy,
3: I'll find yeah. a guy. Yeah, yeah, and you know, in my position, uh, I did take a tight end uh, on the one-two turn uh, because I felt it was the right spot and right value at that point. Uh, but had a a past on tight end, I'd have the same perspective. Like, okay, I'll wait it out and I'll figure it out because there's a big drop off. But obviously, uh, uh, John feels differently here and believes in Hunter Henry.
0: Does he lose his expert card? No, I'm just joking. I, look, I, I think that everybody's allowed their own, you know, strategies. I get that. I think here because there's two tight end mandatory starts. And look, I took Baker Mayfield with the th- uh, in the third round. I would never pick a quarterback this early, but we have to start two. And, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes went. I, I was certainly a, would have taken him. Andrew Luck went. And, you know, as pick number two, I figured there was going to be five more guys who went. So I figured, let me just get a guy I liked. Because otherwise, I don't want to be stuck with a guy I'd rather have my choice. So maybe he figures, take Henry now as opposed to have it dictated to me.
3: Yeah, would Henry make it back? Uh, I don't know. Um, I would think so. I wasn't going
0: to take him. Would you have taken him? Assuming you didn't have Kittle. Forget you didn't have Kittle. Would you have taken him?
3: Uh, Probably not. I don't think I would. Uh, Again, I like the player, but... He is coming off an injury, and we mentioned the array of weapons that the Chargers have. And I, and I do think the Chargers are going to be good again this year. Uh, you know, If they didn't have to go on the road in the playoffs, maybe it was a different story for them. Uh, but I do think after the top three, there's a sizable drop-off.
0: There is. I mean, look, do you like Hunter Henry that much more than O.J. Howard? Do you like him that much more than Evan Ingram? I mean, I like him more, but is it that much more? Is it third-round more? When you could have gotten Adam Thielen? You could have gotten Adam Thielen. You could have gotten Deshaun Watson. You could have gotten Damien Williams. You're taking Hunter Henry?
3: Come on. No, I am not. Uh, but again, I think sometimes I, I'm sure people have a value system and they go, "Man, there's more of a." They they probably look at it and say, "There's a more of a drop off at the tight end position than the receivers and running backs." So again, I'm just trying to figure out what the thinking was in in taking that pick. And you know, is there is there a big ceiling for Henry? Absolutely but there's also big risk.
0: Yeah, I think, look, I'm not saying I don't like the guy, but are you telling me that I can't get Austin Hooper? Can I not get Chris Herndon? Can I not get Trey Burton? Can I not get, I don't know, Noah Fant? You can't. I I, I don't think any of
3: those guys have the ceiling that that Henry has. But the Mm. price that you pay for them is 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 different as well. Much different. It's going to be interesting to see where this next tier of tight ends go. You know, because you have to start to and people are going to be like, uh, you're going to feel uncomfortable taking some of these tight ends.
0: Can I tell you the tight end to me is like the catcher, you know, when you have to when you when you get your first catcher in a two catcher league, you're like, all right, at least I got a guy.
3: Yeah, the difference is, though, the rosters for for football are smaller, you know, with baseball, you're typically at 23. Well, well, you called it stupid. No, <laughs> oh, you didn't say that yesterday with Taz. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> Taz is bigger than
0: I am. But, uh, but I, I don't know. Look, I, I, I like one tight end leagues. I like one quarterback leagues. I, I would have liked this to have been a super flex league where maybe it could have been a quarterback slash tight end or something like that. I think here, sadly, and I don't want to say sadly because, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think what really is good about this league is the depth that it pushes me to. It's forcing me to take things I wouldn't do ordinarily because of the rules.
3: Yeah, it's definitely outside the box. And and it does make you think. uh, And that's what I like. It's challenging, you know, because as we discussed with him yesterday, you know, I figured as the creator, he had like a set strategy like, oh, this is going to work. And he said, no, he didn't, that there are a variety of ways you can go. And I agree with that. Like, there's so many different ways you can go. You know, one team started a tight end and a quarterback. And you will never see that in any other draft, and it's because you have to start two of each. And obviously, uh, I mean, quarterbacks very deep, but you I kind
0: of I kind of liked what Sigmund Bloom did. If you're going to start quarterback, tight end, and you have Mahomes, Kelsey, that's a pretty good start.
3: Yeah, and now you, yeah, you got the combo as well. When they uh, maybe oh, would, you take, would you
0: take Damian Williams in round three if you were him <laughs> and just go all into the might, Chiefs, right? Like hey, the Chiefs. <laughs> I think I would, Yeah, last
3: year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, we're getting to the point where I think he's in play. Uh, We we haven't seen a running back go. It was a nice run of running backs and all seven picks with no running back.
0: Let me put you this way. And this pick in the third round, I did not want to take a quarterback. I really didn't. But I was looking at those running backs. All of them have slight warts to them. I like, you know, Leonard Fournette. Do I love him? I like Marlon Mack. Do I love him? I like Kenyon Drake. Do I love him? A lot of guys there that I just, you know, could have looked at, but I just didn't feel overwhelmed. I I did like Adam Thielen, but I I wonder whether or not he just had a career year last year and is he going to do it again? I like T.Y. Hilton, but they have a lot of weapons. I don't know. There's just a lot, you know, I like picks where there's no reason why not to take a guy.
3: We are both in similar positions too, where we are picking at the end, where we're going to have to have a feel for the run. And you know, when do the when does the big quarterback run happen? You know, we as Taz. I figured people would
0: have one one by the time I picked again by pick forty seven. I thought people would have one, and I wanted to have at least one guy I liked.
3: Right, and I'm I'm guessing that's why you went with Baker now. This is in a league with industry of people. And as Taz said, we tend to wait on quarterbacks a lot. And if this was a home league where you had to start two quarterbacks, even with the different rules, you'd see a lot more quarterbacks off the board now.
0: Oh, for sure. Because I think people would panic. They would get nervous. And, you know, uh, you'd be get at this point of a draft. There'd be like I'd be getting Matt Ryan. I'd be happy with getting Matt Ryan in the third round. And in an expert draft, look, I really think in the next go-around, I'll still have two quarterbacks to choose from that won't suck.
3: You, you're probably right. Now, for me, uh, I'm going to have to see how the next few picks go in front of me and then make that determination because if I pass and then all of a sudden the run happens, which it probably will uh, because, you know, a lot of the top receivers, running backs, be off the board, we mentioned, I don't think a ton of tight ends are going to go, maybe one or two. So uh, I'll have to make that determination. More than likely, I'll probably have to select one. Because if I don't, then I'm – and I've seen it happen. It happened, I think, in a super flex league that I was in. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago where I was like, wow. What it is was this last year, I on think. the end, Yeah, yeah and they, they passed, and then the quarterbacks went, and they got stuck with like you know four mediocre quarterbacks.
0: I can't tell you how to draft. I could just say I would be – if I'm drafting where you are, there's no way I'm not taking one quarterback in the next pick. I have to. Because you will get lost you can live with without two with without one good quarterback, but you can't live without two. You gotta have one guy.
3: Yeah. Or you have to be able to really dig and out and find that quarterback that breaks out into the top twelve or top ten. I mean, last year it was Mahomes going in that range, so that, that's what you have to do, and uh, it's but you, it's, you, it's it, a little it, risky in this room. You're
0: 24 you know. picks. At, first of all, you're waiting another, what, nine picks, and then you're waiting 24 picks after that, dude. I don't know, man. That's that's a it's lot risky. of picks. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. risky. You Just give me one guy, and then, see, you're, look, you're a good enough drafter, and you've got the Ronas drafting luck. You'll get a second guy that you'll like. You'll you'll probably end up with Ben Roethlisberger. Just get yourself one guy you like, and that way you know you could trust him.
3: Wait, Ben is my two?
0: You don't think Ben's going to fall? You think Ben's going to go in the third round here?
3: Uh, I think he'll go top 10 quarterbacks off the board.
0: Would you? You wouldn't take him at the end of this third here?
3: Uh, Probably not. I think I'd have a better choice on the board. I hope. But yeah, I consider it. I consider it. Well,
0: you're going to have Rodgers. Rodgers. Right? Rogers, the next Watson. quarterbacks
3: out there will be Rogers Watson, Wilson.
0: I don't Maurice. want Wilson.
3: I don't want Wilson. Why not? Doesn't throw the ball enough. And he still produces fantasy. It's amazing, I isn't know, it? Here's the thing, though. Well, again, and we, I think we talked about this when uh, he got the contract. Why are you paying this guy all this money to not have the ball in his hands? Yeah, like, see. when are they going to change? Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize this, Doc. <laughs> do you, off the top of your head, and I and I would have gotten this wrong. Do you know how many attempts Russell Wilson had last year?
0: It was very low. You're
3: oh, going to go crazy when I tell you this. 474. 427. Yeah, it was crazy low. I knew it was crazy low. That I, is mean, ins- I didn't realize it was that no, low. it was
0: brutally low. And, and there were games, because I remember covering it, it was like 14 for 17, yeah, four 12 touchdowns. for 19, yeah, and four touchdowns. Right, right, so he was very accurate, but you can't throw the ball 19 times a game. You're, you're killing me.
3: Think about, think about this for a second, okay? If they allowed Russell Wilson... To throw the ball six hundred times. Oh my god! The numbers he number one win. number so, one. So so in two thousand seventeen, he had five hundred fifty three pass attempts, had thirty four touchdowns. He had about hundred and thirty fewer last year, and threw one more touchdown. He had thirty five touchdowns last year, eight point yards per attempt, which was uh, third career high. He's only, and he hasn't hit 4,000 yards the last two years. And look how but, good he's been.
0: But this team does, it, he worries me a little bit this year because please don't tell me you trust Tyler Lockett. I don't trust DK Metcalf at all. I don't think this guy is as good as people think he is. I just wonder where are those 35 touchdowns coming from this year?
3: Uh, I agree with you on Metcalf, but I think he actually went to a situation where.
0: Oh, the best situation he could yeah, possibly have right. found. I just don't think he's got the. You know, I'm, I don't think he has great hips, if you know what I mean. You know, I don't think he, has, he moves well. I think he's got straight line speed, but I'm not but sure I, he's I, con- I, cutting out of the middle.
3: But don't you think that's all they're really going to ask him to do in this offense anyway? Is just throw the ball down the field?
0: Well, it's funny you said that because that's all they did last year with, the, with Tyler Lockett. Just run yeah. deep, dude. Let, it, let Wilson move around and boom.
3: And it worked. It's amazing. Like yeah. His efficiency to lock it was ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, it's crazy with Russell Wilson. I mean, he has he has at least 34 touchdown passes in three of the last four years, and he barely throws the ball. All
0: right, so let me ask you this. Let's assume it's another 34. You're thinking Tyler Lockett gets 12? Uh, I guess you would have to, right? DK Metcalf gets eight. I mean, where are the 34 coming from? Will well, Disley, Nick Vanette, Ed Dixon... David, maybe David Moore gets eight. I'll give you David Moore eight, and I'll give you Lockett ten. At uh, ten, where's the other? Where's the rest coming from?
3: A few to the running backs.
0: All right, I'll give you ten to all
3: the running backs. Yeah, I mean, look, but don't we do this. We probably would have said. I know they had Baldwin last year, and he's gone, and that's a big loss. Big uh, loss. That's yeah. That's crazy. note. They don't really do anything for tight ends either. I but know th- you this, know this what team's they want? They, they want to run the ball. We said that last year, though, and they surprisingly play well. But they want to run the ball. You no, know, they
0: really want to run the ball. Carson. And Penn, Penn, and but
3: Penny, then, yeah. but then, like th- that's what I'm saying. It's like, why are you paying um Wilson's money then?
0: Because you're paying him for this leadership. You're paying for those 19 passes a game that he's going to complete. Fifteen. Oh man. No, I know. Not not with what how you're constructing this team. And then you get rid of Frank Clark. Come on. I think this team's got major issues.
3: You I agree. I know we. I think most of us said it last year too. Would they win eight, nine games? Yeah. I think they won nine, right? Mm-hmm. Or eight? Yeah. So I think that was the consensus last year. They had lost so much on defense, and uh, you know, give credit to Pete Carroll. You know, he finds a way to get the, and Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson oh, makes wait, things wait. happen.
0: How, if Russell Wilson was not here, I this team wins. Three. Oh, this would be brutal. This would so be the, one of the worst teams ever.
3: Well, they got Paxton Lynch and Geno Smith behind.
0: Oh. Sorry, you know, I just the, got a cold. A, a the other cold thing
3: wheelchair. with Wilson is he, this guy stays healthy, man. Like you know, he's a small guy, and you know. But don't tell had, me you'd
0: pick him in this league. You can't pick him in this league.
3: Can't. Oh no, I don't. I'm I'm not gonna take him uh, in this round.
0: I mean, not not when there are man, guys he, who throws 600 times.
3: He hasn't missed a game in his in his career. Look, Russell years, Wilson. This is, he's like the Eli Manning.
0: I like him, and I think there are leagues where I take him, but I do worry 13 for 19. You can't get three touchdowns every week with those numbers. What if, what if the guy gets stopped in the one-yard line? Then you got a Chris Carson touchdown, and now Wilson gets you 12 for 17 and 193 yards and no touchdowns.
3: The other thing is Russell Wilson has not been running as much the last couple of years. He had no rushing touchdowns last year, 376 rushing yards, 67 attempts, the fewest in his career.
0: I will have zero shares of Russell Wilson this year. Well, he's going to be
3: expensive. We know we're, we're, especially in the fantasy football world championships, we're going to wait.
0: I still will have zero. I can't imagine me taking him in a draft unless it's like a number two in this type of league.
3: All right, I can't wait till your draft taking him. Yeah, in the when you have a... <laughs> 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 you're throwing everyone uh, off. Forget it. All right, we're coming back with PGA DFS
0: with Jeff Burgesson right after this. Alright, we're back with local time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto and you know what time it is. It's PGA DFS time. The house that Jack built. That's right. The memorial with my friend Jeff Burgesson from Fantasy Golf Insider. What's up? How are you?
2: I'm doing well, Doc. Trying to lick lick my wounds and recover from last week's uh, bloodbath.
0: It never happened. I don't even know what you're talking about. You Jeff Jefferson. You are the best player in the industry. I'm not even listening to you. We're going to get it this week, and we're going to be rich. So let's turn to it. Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods are going to cost us a whole lot of money, but Tiger's done very well here at this tournament. Can we go back there?
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, the, The price is quite steep, but I think you can. He's had a lot of success on this course. Everything in his game sets up well. Uh, looking for a great approach game this week, and Tiger has it. So um, I I'd I like him. I like Rory a little bit better, though. He's just been more, more consistent this year and consistent top 10. So the price difference isn't great enough for me to pivot off of Rory. Uh, I'm just going to stick with Rory as we have all season.
0: Now, I know this sounds like a crazy question, but I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe because this is Jack Nicholas' tournament, do you think some of these higher-end guys really want to succeed as opposed to last week where they didn't care as much?
2: Yes. I think that there is something, and it draws these big names too. If Jack wasn't involved... You know, he just makes a call, and 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 people will be there. So I think that's definitely part of why the re why the field is so strong. I also think it's because how the schedule sets up too. So next week will be the Canadian Open. This kind of is the the marquee event. Most of the big guys will play this week, skip next week, and then be ready for the U.S. Open the week after.
0: Oh, Canadian Open's next week. Didn't Dustin Johnson win that last year?
2: um did he He win yeah quite possibly and he will play in that he he'll be one of the few big names because he's an rbc guy so he'll have to show show up i don't know how much effort he's going to put into it but uh we'll see
0: yeah all right so we like rory we like tiger justin rose and ricky fowler they let us down but we've liked these guys week in week out can we go back to them here
2: Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, Both of them are fine. Um, I would probably lean toward Fowler, although he wasn't real impressive last week, and I had ownership. What most people are going to do is they're going to drop down probably to Patrick Cantlay at 10,200. He has been in the zone lately, three straight top tens, had a fourth here last year. So he's going to be kind of chalky. Uh, but I, you know, you still got to like his prospects this week. Um, so I like, I like all those guys in that top range.
0: All right. The minute you say the word chalky, I get nervous, Jeff. So, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be on Cantley. I would agree with you that he might be one of the top uh, percentage guys of ownership. Do I want to fade him because of that reason? Or is he just so locked in now that that's at my own peril?
2: You know, I think it's a viable strategy. Uh, He'll be owned by probably a quarter of the field, I'm guessing 25%. As you get into the higher dollar contests, it'll be even higher than that. Um, So you could certainly fade him. Um, I personally um, am am fine with that, especially if you're doing one lineup, 10 lineups, 20 lineups. If you get up into 150 lineups or something like that, I'd probably have some exposure. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with being able to fade a guy that uh, a large share of the field owns.
0: All right, Justin Thomas has been dealing with a wrist injury. If he was healthy, I think we could argue that he'd be around $11,000. But now you're getting him for 9300 on DK. Is that price too good to pass up, even if he is a little bit injured? Yeah, I
2: think so. I wrote that in my column this week. Um, you, you always worry about wrist injuries with golfers. Uh, it's, it's very... Um, hindering to them and especially if it's nagging like justin thomas is but if justin thomas is only 80 percent, it's still probably better than that price tag of 9300 so i'm just gonna have some exposure i'll probably own 15 to 20 percent which might actually turn out to be equal to the the field because i thought he'd be lower owned but the more i listen to the industry people are liking him so i don't think he's going to be real low owned
0: All right, Jason Day, if I'm not mistaken, is a member of this course, but he's never really played well here. Do I look past that and say, hey, he'll figure it out? Or do I say, look, he's really not been on his game recently?
2: Well, you know, it's not exactly a small sample size. I mean, he's had a decade worth of appearances here. His best finish is a 15th, which for his level of talent is really terrible. Um, I've seen quotes over the years from him that blame it on everything from dealing with, you know, his in-laws live there, so he's entertaining guests and, and family and everything, to being a real three-wood course. It's not a real driver-heavy course, and he's not great with his three-wood. And, and actually, his approach game hasn't been real good this year either, and it's a huge approach shot course, so I'm okay staying away from him uh, this week.
0: I feel like you're describing my golf game. Three-wood bad, approach game bad, putting bad. There you go. That's Dr. Rodeo. Having golf to deal with in in
3: in-laws too, Dr. Yeah.
0: Bad. There you go. You got <laughs> to in a nutshell right there. All right. Let's get to uh, – there's, there's that $9,000 range. You've got Matsuyama, Shoffley, and DeChambeau. I like Matsuyama, but he's a crappy putter. Shoffley was terrible last week, and DeChambeau has been terrible this whole season. Can we look at any one of those guys there?
2: So Matsuyama will be quite popular at 9,100. He usually is. Uh, I like his game. His approach game is the strength of his game. So I like him. I think Shoffley might be a little sneaky this week. He missed the cut last week by a stroke, I believe. Uh, But his first round was just awful. He got decimated by the wind in round one, went plus six. Second round, he bounced back and was actually minus three, bogey three rounds. So it was really one terrible round in the wind. So I'm willing to overlook that, especially if we can get him at low teens in ownership. Bryson has been a mess, uh, and I don't know exactly what to think of him. He's been a consistent mess this season. Defending champ here, um, but I'm going to probably pass on him this week.
0: All right. When we talk about guys who are three wood specialists, I think we're talking about Henrik Stenson. At 8500 he seems to be at a real good value. Do I want to jump in on that?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think both him and Gary Woodland in this 8K range are long hitters with their 3-wood. When you take driver out of the equation, it makes them that much more valuable. So I like both of those guys, and Henrik's approach game has been outstanding this year. Mixed results, I wouldn't expect too heavy of ownership on him. I don't think he's going to be completely ignored, but um, I, I like both of those guys in that range.
0: All right, as we drop down into the 8,000s, we've got guys who I find to be just very annoying. Uh, Lucas Glover, Kyle Stanley, Stanley Emmanuel Grillo, uh, Kisner, Leishman. Names I like, but names I don't always trust, and names I reluctantly roster, Jeff. Anyone strike your fancy this week?
2: Uh, you could probably add Keegan Bradley to that. Oh, well, that guy well. can't
0: putt. He can't putt.
2: <laughs> it's, it's maddening with a lot of these guys how inconsistent they are. Uh, I do kind of, I, I do have ownership of Keegan this week. Um, I do have some ownership of uh, Emiliano Grio. We liked him last week. And again, he pumped out a top 20. He's been really good this year. I don't believe he's missed a cut all season. Hasn't had the huge upside performance, but I think it might be coming because he's had success on this course before. He's an awful putter as well. But he, if you look at our putting splits tool, which breaks apart who putts well on bent grass versus other surfaces, he actually putts pretty well on bent grass. It is his best surface. And last week, you know, he putted okay. And if he just putts average, his tee to green game is so good that he can be up in the top 20.
0: All right, let's drop down to the middle 7,000s here. We've got Jim Furyk, Cabrera Bello, uh, Duffner, who's played well here, our friend byung on, Ahn, who we like very much. Can I go with On or Cabarabello? Is there anybody here we like?
2: I think you could take a shot. You know, I'm steering clear of On. Um He's had some injury issues. Uh, he he has been playing through it, but he has had a couple miscuts in his last few performances. Withdrew once. Um, looked okay last week, but then blew up in one of the rounds that he played. So I'm steering clear of him. Um, probably guys in this range that I will take a, on would be like Rav cabrera Bayo. Hasn't been great lately, but just has a high amount of talent. Um, So I could own him. I could own some – Kevin Streelman at 7,400 has had success on this course before and is playing quite well. So I like both those guys in this kind of low 7K range.
0: So can I quote you as saying that you're off on this week?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I like it.
0: Okay, just checking. All right, we're talking to Jeff Burgesson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. It's a fantastic site if you want to study and know, PGA DFS. Um, What about the guys that we know well, the Russell Knoxes, the Johnny Vegases, the Answers, the Norins? These guys actually can win a tournament, but sometimes they can't make a cut. What do we do with them?
2: I like Vegas this week. He he just had the one hiccup at Beth page and the course just proved too difficult for him, but otherwise he's been very good this season. So I own him. Russell Knox is a guy with, um, deadly proximity to the hole, which is what it takes to succeed on this course. Although his results over the years haven't been great. And and I don't really understand that, but he has, he's been making cuts here. So 7,100, we get him through the cut. That's good. And he's been playing pretty well this season, so I own him. I don't own any Alex Noren. Uh I, I don't know what's happened to his game. He, he won five tournaments within like a two-year period a couple of years ago, but he just is not resembling that form this year.
0: Okay, so when we look at guys... As we move down in the 6,000s, the Varners, the Gooches, the Danny Lees, is this a week where I can go stars and scrubs? Because it seems like there are a lot of guys in the top end that we like. Can we do, you know, Rory and Tiger and then get a bunch of cheap guys in there?
2: I think there's a handful of guys in this 6K range that are viable. Um, we have to remember, although it didn't help last week, there it's an invitational event, so it's a smaller field, 120-some guys, as opposed to 140 or 150, so... Uh, technically it should be easier to get guys through the cut. Now that wasn't the case last week as I think like two or 3% of the entire field got six of six through on their DraftKings teams, which is incredibly low. Uh, but this week, the same thing, smaller fields. So more guys are going to get through the cut. So I think it does allow you to go more uh, stars and scrubs uh, down in this range. I like Bo Hostler a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Gooch. He's shown some high upside this year, although it's a very high ceiling, very low floor for him, Uh, but great approach numbers for him. uh, A Max Homa, who's been good to us this year at 6,700, I think is a legitimate option as well.
0: What do you, what do you think about course history? Because when I look at guys like Lahiri and Lingmerth and guys like that, the course history has been good, but the players aren't really that good. Do you say, look, I don't really like the player, but because they've been good here, I'm willing to wing it?
2: Sometimes it uh, depends on the situation. So it's yeah, Lingmerth is, is interesting because he has not been playing well this entire year. And But he's always played well at, at this course, so something fits his eye. He feels comfortable here, and I think something can be said for that. He's also going to attract some ownership because of that great tournament history. So it's kind of a question of, do I really want to be on a guy who's not very good uh, if 10 or 15% of the field is on him, or do I just want to steer clear, hope he just bombs out, which he's very capable of, and then get an edge on that? Um, I'm going to fade Lingworth this week um just because i don't see him burning us too badly so i'll just steer clear and, and and hope he misses the cut
0: all right there's some guys here that uh people may not be familiar with uh ryan fox juice luton guys are playing the european tour Lipsky. are these guys good golfers and maybe the better question is why don't they play in the pga tour that much
2: um, I would say Fox, um, probably not he's been lousy lately. I do like Jous um, Lauten at sixty five hundred and David Lipsky at sixty two hundred I think those are too cheap a price, and I don't think the vast majority of just casual players know who these guys are because they play almost exclusively on the european tour. Uh, lauten's approach game is the strength of his game, and on the euro tour he's ranked in the top ten in that stat the last couple of years so Um, And and it's played okay on the PGA Tour um, in his events that he's played this year. So uh, I like him actually at 6,500. And Lipsky has had a couple of real high finishes in the last month or so. So uh, I could own him too. And it gives you a huge price savings at 6,200 to own a couple of those bigger guys if you like.
0: Do you consider these guys on the European Tour like AAA players? Like if you're not playing the PGA Tour, you're just not that good?
2: Oh, the, the best players, I would say probably not. Um, I I, w- I would say they're better than AAA players. The, the vast majority, though, the average player uh, on the Euro Tour probably, you know, isn't going to crack the PGA Tour. So it is kind of a minor league situation. But the best players on the Euro Tour certainly can compete. And we've seen them do it. Like a, Thomas Peters came over and played really well the other week. Um, and we've seen them compete in majors, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's probably be a little bit better than that.
0: All right. Assuming you're doing 20 teams, what should my lineup construction be? How many stars in scrub teams? How many, you know, just go with Rory and a bunch of 8,000 guys? How would you do lineup construction?
2: Yeah, I think you could do Rory and the rest in the low 8K range, high 7K. You know, I might prefer starting with like a Matt Kuchar, who we didn't even touch upon, who's been just fantastic on this course in the past is that a great season he's 9400 certainly for cash i would Let, lock him in Jeff, let's um, talk about
0: let's talk about Kuchar and fenon i mean i Spieth, we missed that that bracket there yeah. i know you said Kuchar. do we like fenon do we like speeth they're both playing hot
2: yeah they are speeth's putter was uh, w- super hot last week and it continued from the week before his tita green game was still awful though so i mean that just doesn't make me feel good cuz if he doesn't put the lights out He's not going to play that well, and we saw that on Sunday. He didn't put that well. He didn't play very well. Um, So I'm just not ready on Spieth yet. I prefer Kucher. I prefer Fina over him.
0: All right, so let's get back to that lineup construction. So you might start with Kucher, and then what would you do?
2: Yeah, I think you could do like Kucher and Matsuyama. Both are going to be quite chalky, but I think you get a high level of value there. If you wanted to be a little bit contrarian, you could add like a Xander Shockley. Uh, to that lineup you're going to get him at about 10 to 13 uh, percent ownership then you still got mid 7k with the rest of the, your lineup there so three guys in there you could do like a, a russell knox you could even put in like a, a coke rack at 8200 and still have 7100 you could do like a uh, let's see what could you, you could do a johnny vegas and a russell knox to close that out that's a pretty solid lineup
0: All right, so as we always do every week, give me a guy who's going to win this tournament.
2: I'm going to say Gary Woodland this week. Uh, He he looked good in his last time out. Um, Great with the three-wood, high level of talent. So I'll say Gary Woodland. um, Longer odds, I'll go with Emiliano Grillo again. I think the odds that he offers are pretty enticing for his talent level. And if we want a real long shot, uh, get some, you know, take a shot at some big money. You could do like and I think um, you could take a shot on.
0: Really, you like his approach game that much?
2: I do, I do. I, and, and he could bomb out, but hey, if you got extra five bucks, you want to put on your sports book and and get some huge odds. That's not not too bad. I had uh, burned Wiesberger last week on the European tour. Where I threw five bucks on, got him at sixty six to one, and he ended up winning. So it, it happens.
0: There is dinner for you and the family right there. That's right. Yeah, good job. All right, Jeff Burgesson, I wish you much luck this week, and we'll talk to you next week for the uh, Canadian Open. <laughs> Sounds good, Doc. All right, you got it. That's Jeff Burgesson, FantasyGolfInsider.com. Check out the website. It's fantastic. They have tools. They have course history. They've got great articles, things that you will need to win in PGA DFS. But if you want to win in MLB DFS, you're going to keep it right here because Ronas and I are coming back, and we're going to break down the night slate. And you know what we're going to do it? I'm going to tell you when we're going to do it. We're going to do it right after
3: this.
1: If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call one 800 carmats WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America.
0: Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World number 1. Me personally? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com
2: for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two Free bets of up to $1,000 today.
0: All right, guys, put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to fanduel.com backslash grid. Will you receive a free bet of up to $500? That's a free bet of up to $500. When you open a sports wagering account at fanduel.com backslash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you are in control. Go to Vanduul.com backslash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. And, of course, I need to tell you, very important, is that there's only three days left. You guys need to know there's three days left in May Madness, okay? So sign up now. Put your deposit in. You can win a free team in the fantasy football world championship. If you think you're going to go to Vegas, put your deposit in. Come hang out with me and Adam. We'll be happy to see you there. You know, get into one of our drafts. I mean, Ronus, if you're going to play, this is the time to sign up, right?
3: Yeah, you might as well just put your deposit down. You don't even have to set your date. And then you get in a drawing where you can get a free entry into the world championship valued at seventeen ninety-five. That's yeah. one thousand seven hundred ninety-five bucks. So a lot of people. Play multiple leagues anyway, so might as well be in contention. uh w- What are you doing? Nothing. You're just putting your $200 deposit down, which and you're, you're gonna, gonna play, play anyway. anyway. Yeah. Right,
0: right, right. It's crazy. You're gonna play anyway. I mean, I know people don't want to part with the money, but look, if you could get a free entry, I mean, think about it. You and your league it's another 10k. So totally worth it for, especially if you know you're gonna play. So check that out at playffwc.com. All right. So today's slate, Ronus. Uh, we've got some games coming up at three thirty. We've got uh, the Angels in Oakland. We got Texas in Seattle. The six ten games, Cleveland and Boston. But let's look at the night slate in DFS. Seven o five, Detroit is playing Baltimore. Ryan Carpenter against John Ways and Means. Baltimore is a slight favorite, but there's a ten run 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 total here.
3: Yeah, I think Means is a possibility if you want to save money. He's sixty nine on DK, sixty five on Fanduel. He's been pretty good. As a starter, uh, he's got a 3-5-5 ERA over his last six starts, and, you know, Tigers just not a good lineup. Uh, I know they put up some runs yesterday, but uh, th- this not a great lineup. I know it's a good pit- uh, hitter's environment in Baltimore, but it's not really fearful with the Tigers lineup, so... If you want to say 10
0: running. seem high, though, 10 seems like a very high. Number. I see
3: nine and a half right now. So I don't know if it uh, came down. Um, it could be because Carpenter's on the mound, too, for Detroit. and means not getting respect. I mean, guys got a two point nine six ERA this year.
0: Yeah, so. no, I think I might use him. I, I think he's usable. All right. The Cardinals against the Phillies, Genesis Cabrera. I like the name Genesis Ronas.
3: Uh, I, I like don't know. The- I think if Genesis is a female name.
0: I do, too, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah, my yeah.
3: Fr- a guy I played softball with, his daughter was named Genesis. So yeah, that's... I
0: could see that. Going up against Aaron Nola, Philadelphia, a huge favorite tonight. But another one with a lot of runs. Do you think they just think the Phillies are just going to load up tonight on, off Cabrera?
3: I think that's part of it. And also, Nola hasn't been great this year. He's got a 4.53 ERA. He's killing me, by the way, in labor. He's killing me. Can't
0: handle it much longer. Don't I, tra- What's tra- my choice? Drum. Yeah. <laughs> That'll teach him. Come on. All right. All right. Toronto, Tampa Bay, Trent Thornton against Blake Snell. This is a big one of the night. Minus 255. How much is he going to cost us on DK or FanDuel? Did you see?
3: Eleven three 3 on DK, 11-8 on FanDuel. Oh,
0: my God. Do I have yeah. to pay it? I think I may have to pay it. You
3: might. I mean, look, it's a great matchup here against Toronto. But, uh, he's been pretty dominant. His last four starts, a 1.48 ERA and 37 strikeouts over 24 in a third inning. So it's a, it's a tremendous matchup here. Uh, Ray's lineup should be able to score. If Thornton should be in line to get a win.
0: All right. San Francisco against Miami. Mad Bum against Pablo Lopez. If I don't go to Blake Snell, would I go to Bumgarner in an over-underwear seven?
3: Uh, I'm going Pablo Lopez here. Uh, really? Yeah. Look, he's had really that one off outing against the Mets where I think he allowed ten runs, but uh, he's been good, especially at home. He's got a one nine three ERA at home. Uh, averages about a strikeout per inning. He's good, man. And uh, the Giants' offense is garbage, man. I mean, Joe Panic hit a leadoff home run yesterday, and that was pretty much it for him. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, Pablo Lopez, 66 on DK, 76 on FanDuel. Now, could you use Baumgartner? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think he's been okay this year, uh, and it's a great matchup against the Barlins. I know they put up some runs yesterday, but that was against Samarja. So, uh, Baumgartner's 99 on DK, 97 on FanDuel, but... uh, I like Lopez on, on DK. If I, 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 He'd be one of my pitchers.
0: 6,600
3: is yeah. a bargain. Yeah. I mean, even if he doesn't get a win, he could easily go six innings, get you one, two runs, seven case.
0: All right, Washington against Atlanta. Anibal Sanchez against Kevin Gascan. This is a 10 over-under.
3: I hope Gossman pitches well since I have him in a couple season-long leagues. But, uh, man, he's cheap, though. Hmm. I don't know. I don't. He could be very good or very bad.
0: Three innings, eight eight earned runs, He's or he been... could go to seven innings and two runs.
3: He's been better at home than on the road. Uh, Nationals' offense has been inconsistent, but you know it, they got Rendon back, Turner's back. I don't really want to pick on them, but man, he is eighty three on DK, seventy three on Fandle. It's not crazy to use him in tournaments. I, I probably wouldn't myself, but if you're one that makes multiple lineups and likes to spread out the pitching, uh, I think you do consider him. Sanchez is garbage, man. I mean, he's been bad. I mean, he, ter- he turned it around last year, but, man, he's been terrible this year. He did not have a rehab start. Braves offense, uh, Riley is on fire, another home run yesterday, so uh, he could get the run support here.
0: Can I tell you something just for a second? I want to talk about how angry I am that I couldn't play smelter last night. How come no site could get him up? Why shouldn't everybody be in a database? Because I I lost out on a guy who I thought was going to have a good start.
3: Yeah, they should. I mean, I know he just officially got the call up yesterday, but, you know. If
0: he's starting in the game, he should be starting in my lineup.
3: Yeah, I guess the – now, I don't know because I don't work for these sites, but because Because it was officially made, the move was made yesterday, I guess they could look at it like, well, we had the – about last night, and what if someone set their lineup and it didn't come back? I mean that's gotta be a part of it, but uh they should have these guys in a database. I mean what it, a
0: database. I seriously I would have used them at five thousand bucks, boom, done. They should Still have been in there. there. All right. Chicago against um Houston, Kyle Hendricks against Wade Miley, two guys with good numbers, but two guys I don't trust.
3: Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I know Miley's been good this year, three point three two ERA. Hendricks coming off a really good start, and you know Houston's lineup is just really banked up right now. Carlos Correa was placed on the injured list today with a rib injury. Jose Altuve's out, had a little bit of a setback. He's going to need a couple more weeks. Uh, even Alledmis Diaz, who was going to see a big boost, he's on the injured list with a hammy. Springer's out, so the lineup's not the same. But still, it's Houston's not a team that I want to pick on. You know, I knew John Lester was not going to pitch well yesterday. Houston put up nine runs, even with that lineup, not being full strength. Uh, Cubs could put up some runs. So, yeah, I I don't want to be a pitcher today.
0: All right, let's take a look here. Chicago against um, Kansas City. Glenn Sparkman against Ronaldo Lopez.
3: Lopez is a guy you use in favorable matchups. And I don't know if we can call the Royals a favorable matchup anymore. Uh, I know Nicky Lopez has really slowed down after a quick start. Mondesi's been good. Merrifield, Dozier's hitting. Solaire's got power. So on on a different slate, I might be tempted, but I'm just not. Uh, I just think he's too risky, man. He is the epitome of boomer bust. Would it surprise me if he went out there and threw six innings tonight, two runs? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gave up six runs in four innings either.
0: I know. I know that's the problem with all these guys. All right, Arizona against Colorado, Robbie Ray against Jeff Hoffman. Is this a night to go all in on Diamondbacks?
3: Uh, probably. I mean, let's see, 52 degrees, so it's better than yesterday. Yesterday was cooler and uh, probably a disappointment for those that stacked it. What was the I Final 6-2? Yeah. Think. It's only yeah. eight runs, and I think the over-under was like 12, half at one point. I see 11 right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, Diamondbacks play uh, – bats have to be in play – Against Hoffman tonight, uh, you know we saw Escobar have a good game yesterday. Can Marte. we do it if we
0: get Pablo Lopez as our pitcher? Oh yeah,
3: you're would having. I mean, Marte's 55 on DK. Uh, 55 see. is criminal. Escobar is 57. Yeah, if you want those two guys, you're going to need a cheap cheap pitcher.
0: Oh, 50s—that's crazy. 5700. I, see, I, I think honestly, when 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 Coors is in play, I rather play on FanDuel. Because Fanduel's high,
3: but they're not astronomically high. Yeah, Marte is 44 on FanDuel. Oof. And uh, Escobar is 46. Wow.
0: I don't know, dude. That's crazy. All right, Mets against the Dodgers. Noah Syndergaard against Walker. Bueller. Bueller. Bueller should have a good game after you can get past the first few guys in this Mets lineup.
3: Yeah, he should. You know, last night, Mets, they get the win. Conforto with a big grand slam. Uh, Bueller is 96 on DK. An 11 on Fandle, so he's been way better after that slow start, you know. And he didn't really throw much in the spring, so I think that was definitely a factor. But his last 26 innings, he has a 1.73 ERA, and uh, Mets are definitely an offense you want to pick on right now. Uh, Even with the performance yesterday, I mean, Hecheverria, Gomez is in there, Lagaris. It's just like weak at the bottom, and uh, you know Alonso, as much power as he has, he's prone to the strikeout, so it's just not the the lineup that uh, they expected to have.
0: All right, so who are we starting tonight? I mean, we starting Snell
3: Lopez? I think you might be able to do that. I think it's not a bad combo.
0: If I do Snell Lopez, though, I may have to fade the Diamondback game. You okay
3: with that? It's possible, or you can maybe use one or two D-backs, maybe not a full stack. Hmm.
0: What if I don't go Snell? Which way would I go?
3: Uh, let's see. Uh do you do you ever do two pitchers in the same game?
0: I, I don't. I'm not saying that that's a bad idea, but on DK, I guess I can. I just don't generally do that.
3: Yeah, I mean, for me tonight, the pitchers I would consider are Snell, Baumgartner, Lopez, Gossman. Yeah, man, I, there's not a lot of pitcher options tonight.
0: I know. See, I like the Lopez on FanDuel option. That makes a lot of sense to me.
3: And then just load up on bats.
0: And then load up on bats. Right. I And you, you know
3: what the over-under in that game is, man?
0: Seven and a half. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. I could do that. But on dra- DraftKings, I don't know if there's not a second guy I like. I mean, unless it's Gossman, because Annabelle Sanchez is so bad.
3: Yeah, you could do that. You could go Gossman Lopez. Right? Can you live with that? Yeah, I can.
0: So a little Gossman, a little Lopez. How much is Gossman? uh
3: 70 wait hold on i just had it here 83 um. so
0: 83 and 66 is pretty cheap it is i'm at fifteen thousand for two guys i could that might be i mean i could probably get a few guys in there then
3: for sure i, I think that could work
0: yeah i mean but i hate those cores escobar at 50 was it would you say 5700 or something ridiculous like that
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know that's why i didn't use them yesterday and then uh was it escobar who homered yesterday i think yeah uh,
0: it's, it's like it feels like robbery
3: it does, but you know, they're, they're really enforcing the uh course field factor there. I know.
0: All right, so we had a little afternoon baseball, Adam. So, uh, the Yankees James Paxson uh, threw four good innings, but they took them out. Any word on why he came out?
3: Uh, I haven't seen anything. I'm assuming maybe they uh, I didn't see if he was on a pitch count, he threw 66. Uh, you know, he had some pain the day after with uh, some of the rehab starts, which I was a little surprised that they brought him back. Uh, but I guess he said he, he can deal with it. It's, you know, just normal, and it's just something he's going to have to deal with. So uh, they elected to take him out early here.
0: So did you hear this? Keep an eye on the mountain in the Bronx today. At one point, James Paxton thought the dirt there may have contributed to some of his knee issues. The team has talked about how it could address that. The Yankee Stadium Mountain has been really good reputation, but, like, like that clay like most places can kind of be stickier so they're going to look at it to see if they can fix it for him
3: yeah I mean I don't know I haven't seen any other pitchers complain about it but I mean I'm still a little concerned here with uh, Paxton's knee because he it's not pain-free you know usually guys like yeah I'm fine I'm good to go and he said that you know there's still been some pain so it is something to keep an eye on and yeah, you know, I know the Yankees have some injuries and everything, but they're still playing great baseball. And uh, for me, if I was them, no need to rush them. Now, at the same time, this is—you don't want to be in that wild card game if you don't have to. You don't want your season to come down to one game. So it is very important to win this division. And you know the Red Sox are still going to be in the mix. The Rays are going to be in the mix. And uh, but the Yankees should be getting reinforcements here. Didi Gregorius is supposed to start his AAA rehab assignment last night. It got postponed. The doubleheader today. He, I saw some comments from him where he said he felt he was ready in April. The team didn't want to push him. He accepted that. Uh, he could be back in less than two weeks. Uh, so they'll have him back. Aaron Judge started swinging a bat. We know Stanton had the setback with the calf. But, you know, this is a team that's played very well with all these injuries and, and it could get a, a few more guys back soon. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit longer in Severino, who's uh, probably just going to start throwing. So he's a ways away. But Yankees – uh doing a great job with all these injuries and uh, could get a couple guys back soon.
0: And by the way, DJ LeMahieu turns out to be a very good signing. And Luke Voigt has been outstanding. I think Luke Voigt is doing for the Yankees what people were hoping Greg Bird was going to do. And Voigt Voigt has filled that
3: void. Yeah, I'm just really... I don't know how I didn't get him in more leagues because I, I liked him. And I think I had him ranked like 12th, 13th at first base. So it's pretty high, I think, compared to most. And I did get him in either my first or second draft champions league. And I don't have him anywhere else. I, I don't know why, because I did like him. You know, I, th- I thought what we saw last year was legit. And it's amazing. The Yankees get these guys to come over and they always produce. Uh, Ursula is another guy this year who...
0: Ursula was a failure for Cleveland.
3: I know. And he's hitting well and obviously has seen an extended life here uh, for fantasy purposes with Miguel and Duhar out for the season. So he's going to continue to play third base, and, you know, he just keeps mashing. So, uh, you know, you see it in all sports. Certain organizations kind of have that touch where they bring in guys and they produce, and then you have other organizations, no matter what, turns to garbage.
0: Are you talking about the Yankees and Mets? Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I feel sad. I feel that way about the J- Jets and Giants,
3: too. Well, 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 the Giants were on the positive aspect for a while. It seems like for now, there's a little Not bit. Not now, of but
0: but yeah, but the Jets, are, the Jets are like the Mets—like everything they touch turns to poo. So, do you feel
3: that way about the team? To me, the Jets are are GPP this year. It could go really well, or it could go really bad.
0: Dude, Adam Gase is a horror show. I'm just guaranteeing you that.
3: Wait. Yeah. Well, based on what we've seen in the NFL so
0: far, he definitely is. <laughs> He's a horror show. So look, I, I do. I think with the right coach and the right general manager, there's hope. But I think with Adam Gase, there's going to be like, it's like the Richie Kotite error. Just need him out of there.
3: So you're basically saying it is going to be bad for the Jets this year.
0: Yeah, I would be really shocked if it wasn't. Maybe maybe it isn't. Maybe, look, or maybe he has one good year, maybe the first year, and then people are like, Whoa. you know how guys come in and sometimes they, they do well and then they do poorly as the longer they're there? That could happen here, too.
3: Yeah, they are definitely an intriguing team for this year, for sure.
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't mind Sam Darnold, by the way, as my second quarterback in this uh, crazy league.
3: Yeah, I think people are expecting him to... Uh finish strong after last year and if you know you do wait on quarterback and get him as a QB two, could turn out to be uh, a good one
0: I think so I mean look it, there are certain guys we talked about at Prescott and Darnold so we'll, we'll have to see how it goes who's coming up in hour number two uh,
3: we will have uh, Greg Jewett from fantasyalarm.com talk some baseball with him all right, should be good. All
0: right, guys, this is Doctor Roto saying, be well and take care. And remember, check out Play FFWC. It's May Madness. Only a few days left. Sign up. You know you want to be part of what we're doing, whether it's Vegas or online. Be part of the World Championship. And you know what? You might just win a free team. It's worth it for that. All right, guys, back right after this.